not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system, announcing the commencement of the annual purge sanctioned by the U.S. government. Weapons of Class 4 and lower have been authorized for use during the purge. All other weapons are restricted. Government officials of ranking 10 have been granted immunity from the purge and shall not be harmed. Commencing at the siren, any and all crime, including murder, will be legal for 12 continuous hours. Police, fire, and emergency medical services will be unavailable until tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. when the purge concludes. Blessed be our new founding fathers and America, a nation reborn. May God be with you all. Hello and welcome to Splatter Chatter, where October never dies. I am one of your hosts, Miss Malmoy. I am the other host, Mr. Craigers. Yes, and this week on episode 46, we are ring... People don't ring in the 4th of July. I was going to say we're ringing in. Uh, we're... Do hooting, hooting the Fourth of July. We just want to do with the I don't know. <laughs> we're hooting the Fourth of July. Um, the only way you really can in in today's climate yeah. with a discussion about the purge. <laughs> Woo! The purge episode. I don't think we've done any. Well, we definitely haven't done a purge centric episode. We might have mentioned the purge every now and again because Mr. Craigers and I love the purge. Oh my god, it's such a great series. <laughs> it's almost like a tradition to go see them in theaters at this point. Um, and, you know, what's this 4th of July more than Americans getting together and just beating the shit out of each other once a for year? For the good of America, For the too. good of America! For, you know, make America great again with bats and brass knuckles and... This is my thing about The Purge, though, right? This is my big question. If you do something on the purge, because, you know, everything's legal, right? And right. my thing is, like, what white-collar crime. Okay, that's legal, too. But if it yes. has ramifications past the purge... Yeah. Are you then liable for that? Or can you say, the act was committed on the purge... Therefore. Therefore, I'm... Ex like... I'd like to see the I'd like to see the two hour court drama purge movie, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because in theory that would have to be true because it's not as though anybody is no one has tried for murders. Yeah, which you're it. still dead the next day. And yeah, during the hours <laughs> of the purge, you, someone is still dead, and someone was responsible for that death. But yeah. everyone goes on as normal. Yeah. So, does that mean if I launder? couple billion dollars from my company. <laughs> yeah. You now if I'm some da 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 when it's over, that's my money now, right? That's your that is your money. The purge says that's your money. Yeah. That's the thing, right? Because everyone's like this when they were developing this movie, they were like, okay, the base instinct is to go around beating the shit out of each other. Like that's what everyone's gonna do. And I was like, or or <laughs> I could make all my debts disappear in a night. Yep. And then just raid a Barnes and Noble. Yeah. Like, no, I'm the only one thinking correctly about the yep. purge. Rip the tags off my mattress. Park anywhere the hell I want on the street. But maybe not on the street, because who knows what people are going to do. Who knows car. what will happen. Anyone could do whatever they want to your car. Yeah. It's like, I get it. I totally get the urge to just, you know, like, 
The urge to purge. The urge to purge, but also <coughs> I would super go for a bank. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, yeah, I know. Yeah. Like, think I about know. this long game, guys. Um, I do love how <clears throat> in the first one they had to clarify because they recognized the plot hole already that the certain members of the executive branch of government. Oh, uh, yeah, that the government is immune. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, good call. Um, yeah. But yeah, we're going to talk about the purge. We're going to talk about mainly anarchy because the first one is pretty weak. And I haven't seen election year. Yeah, um, I plan on seeing it before I see uh, the first purge on Wednesday. No, not not because I think I have to because there's any sequential <laughs> point, but just because. Well, and especially because the first purge is. <clears throat> yeah. Hence the first purge. <laughs> Hence the first purge. So you know, I'll get. I'll see it by the time you listen to this. Maybe I'll have seen it. Um, yeah. I'll find it on demand. I'm sure it's got a hiked price on demand right now. Um. But yeah. yeah, so we're going to discuss poaching. Um, but before we do that, do we have any horror headlines? Horror headlines. Let us see. Well, I saw a couple of days ago that um, a Chucky, or rather a Child's Play TV series has been uh, greenlit. Oh. Um, oh. I can't remember <laughs> the network. If it, they've even attached it to a network yet. Um, but, so that is apparently coming our way um, for all you Chucky fans out there. Which, mm-hmm. Child's Play has, like, maintained a very solid following. It's a big cult thing. Yeah. Huh? Cult of Chucky. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know me. Yeah, no. Like, the people who are into Child's Play are really into it. Um, you know it's casually into... <laughs> Never mind. Um, <laughs> people who are really into Chucky... See, now that also sounds gross. <laughs> I'm thinking of Chucky Finster. Oh, God! <laughs> it's all ruined. It's, in some ways, is Chucky Finster not scarier than... Um, Chucky from Child's Play. The good guy doll. <laughs> this is what I never understood about Chucky. While we're listening, listing things, and by Chucky I mean Chucky Finster. Okay. While we're listing things I didn't understand, it always annoyed the hell out of me in All Grown Up that Kimmy called... Remember when All Grown Up dropped, though? Yeah. That was, was such a big deal. I was super into it. Um, yeah, me too. Kimmy calls their dad, dad, right? But uh-huh. Chucky, who made such a Big deal about getting a mom about and having a mom. a mom and calling her mom calls Kira Kira, which I don't get. <laughs> I know. I wonder if it's supposed to be like, oh, because Chucky remembers his biological but mother. But she sees her ba- her biological dad like once a year. She goes to Japan and like visits her <laughs> her dad's family. Like you're like, I refuse to accept she, that. There's a whole episode yeah. about how she like was, you know, she visits her dad all the time but still calls and at one point literally somebody says to her, they're like oh like, you know, like because they're doing an answer. I know a crap ton about this because it makes me so angry. <laughs> They were doing an ancestry project and they were like, oh, like your dad's family. And she starts listing off the Finsters and they say, no, like I meant like your Asian dad or whatever, your, your, your other dad. And she's like, oh, I thought you meant my real dad. 
And then she goes on about her Japanese father, who she clearly doesn't consider her real father. Her real father, yeah. <laughs> it was a whole... Well, and also, especially, like, with the whole, like... Yeah, you're right. Like, Chucky wants a mom so badly. Like, that's the whole point of Rugrats in Paris. And then he... The whole thing is that at the end, he accepts and acknowledges Kira as his mom. Like, because yeah. that's Chucky's first word, is mom. Yeah, he says mom, and it's adorable. And it's adorable, and he shouts it at the cathedral or whatever, and then... Well, no, he shouts I, no at the cathedral. No, okay. And then he says mom later. Then he says mom. And then it's like, they, he and Kira have this moment, and you're yeah, like... She dances with him during the, the mother-child dance. Yeah, and you're like, oh my god! And then he adopts her. Like, there's this whole thing that Chucky adopted Kimmy, or not Chucky, Charles adopted Kimmy, and then Kira adopted Chucky. But no, Kira. And I remember, too, like, other people refer to her to Chucky as his mom. Like, Tommy's like, oh, what's your mom doing? And he'll be like, oh, Kira's coming back. And I was like, what is going on? That is dumb. Anyway, to circle back to Child's Play, much like Rugrats. There's a lot. To- to dangerous toys, dangerous adventures. Dangerous redheads. <laughs> dangerous redheads. Um, this is a horror headline that nobody cares about whatsoever, but it's pertinent to me because oh there's a new edition of Dream Warriors coming out. Oh my God. <laughs> it's going to include. I think you underestimate a lot of horror fans out there. <laughs> it's going to include like a Freddy in the TV like figurine. <gasps> Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. When does it come out? When is um, it released? In- I don't know. November? November, I think. Nice. Yes, November 2018. <laughs> so just in time for the holidays. We were just talking about how, because Miss Mel, you have moved into a new apartment, uh, have you not? Abode. One that is Saul's bed bugs. Sans bed bugs, and you were remarking on your horror film collection. Which is smaller than... My horror books take up an entire bookshelf. I put them all... They have their own bookshelf. Good. But my horror films are lacking. Are lacking. But what you do have in your collection is Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors. (laughs) No other... No other. I refuse to own a single other Nightmare on Elm Street from the fridge. (laughs) It's just Dream Warriors. And if you ask, I'm going to have to go. (sighs) It was a hot Wednesday. (laughs) I think I've given you all the spiel before about why we, why I watched it. Why Dream Warriors? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Dream Warriors. I love it. What a wild one. You know what's interesting, too, is I was obsessed with this dollhouse when I was a kid that my grandmom had. She had this really ornate, high-class, like, dollhouse. Yeah. And I love small things. I've had this conversation a lot in the past couple weeks because I've been exposed to a lot of small things. And I have to explain to people that I love things that are normally big but are made tiny. (laughs) like dollhouse furniture and stuff so i don't know if this is stemming from dream warriors or i somehow like connected on a fundamental level to the to the dollhouse book ending in dream in dream warriors but here we are here we are 
I like it. Also, maybe hereditary a bit still on your mind and your subconscious. No, like I, yes. I mean, that definitely brought it to light because I was like, oh, she makes small things and I love small things. I was like, but not the small head of your daughter. But I don't want the small head of your daughter. No, not that. No. Not that small thing. I was actually really sad when my grandmother, I guess she just got rid of the dollhouse. And I was like, you guys, I would have taken it. And then I was like, well, actually, like in hindsight, (laughs) Future Mel probably would have been really mad at past Mel for bringing a dollhouse into her home and just inviting everything that comes with that. It comes with having a dollhouse. Yeah, so probably a good thing I didn't get the dollhouse, but I was I was super into my grandmother's doll. Like I would just sit and stare at it, like poltergeist style. I also would do that actual poltergeist style to the Black Hole Sun music video, evidently, when I was about three years old. I was entranced by it. I think you've told our listeners yes. that story before. <laughs> so, and it is a great story. Yep, that's me. Black holes, won't you come? That's me. Da, 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 da. But like inches from the TV. Right. Of course. Naturally. Yeah. Um. Cool. So those are some good horror headlines. I just want to do a quick mention of a show that I've been watching on Hulu. It's this British anthology show. Are you going to say it's Black Mirror? It's not Black Mirror. <laughs> Black Mirror's not on Hulu. Oh, you said Hulu. I was yeah. just about to laugh really hard because you like to stay away from like most of the internet's things. And you would totally pretend like you... Not even pretend. You would be convinced that nobody else knew about Black Mirror. No one knows about Black Mirror. <laughs> no, but I'm pretty sure no one knows about this show, which is called Inside Number Nine. And it's very, well, I don't want to say it's very, like, Twilight zone or Black Mirror-ish, because it's in that vein of creepy anthology, but it's still very much its own thing. And it's these, it's a horror, it's a horror comedy, basically. It's, like, it's dark comedy. And the only thread throughout the stories is that they all take place in something with the number nine, mm-hmm. like, a house, an apartment, uh, a storage locker, something like that. Um, and I've watched like the first four episodes, I think so far. And they have made me both laugh out loud and like curl up tight in my blanket out of fear. So and they're only, and the episodes are only a half an hour long. So I recommend it. Good. Oh, I do love the number nine. Me too. Yeah. That's her. Is our number. That is our number. You guys can't have it. Um, yeah, no, that sounds... I haven't been watching since Hereditary. Not since Hereditary, but that was the last big horror thing I watched. I've been meaning to watch Lost in Space, so I just haven't gotten oh, around to sitting down and actually watching it. But I now watched, I have a smart TV, so I can do whatever the hell I want. Hell yeah. I did watch two movies that I think are worth recommending but i'm gonna save them for the newsletter so if (laughs) you want to know if you want to know what they are you'll have to become a patron girl we'll tell you how at the end of the show nice all righty the purge so um we can't i mean we have to talk a little bit about the first one i guess um just because just the premise basically and why it's not good not the premise but why the first one was a misfire on that premise, yeah. right? Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. Or, or, or. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't. It was bad. 
if it had not been coded in the larger universe of the purge, it would have been fine. Yeah. Yeah, because it was just a it was just a really it's just a bizarrely home contextual home invasion movie. <laughs> yeah. Exactly right. Um but yes, so the purge. Yeah. It's interesting because we'll learn probably, you know, all this shit about the new founding fathers and all that garbage. True, but in the, the first time purge. We- but basically, the premise is is that, as you all know, everything is legal on Purge Night. Um, weapons of Class 4, as you heard in our little intro. Um, you include, they make a point to tell you it's including murder. They really hammer that one home. Yes. <laughs> all crimes, including, including murder. Including murder. Will be legal for the next 12 hours. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, too. It's 12 hours, it's not 24. They only give you... It's like 8 o'clock at night to 8 o'clock in the morning. Um, And, you know, the government officials are exempt because obviously we can't go around killing, like, the president and, like, other high-ranking people. Um, But all you peons on the ground... You're fair game. You're getting purged. Um, And basically, the premise of the first one is this family is a really rich family in a really rich neighborhood. And the dad got rich off of selling home security systems designed for the purge. Yes, Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke, <laughs> Lena Headey as Lena Headey as the it's mom. His wife. Um, but basically, he made money off of like selling these really intense home security systems that like put the entire house on lockdown. And basically, this family just watches movies all night. Like for some reason, they feel they need to stay up on Purge Night to hear the sounds of you know chaos. what's happening. But um, basically, what happens is is they let somebody into their the daughter i believe the son the son yeah. charlie lets somebody into the house on purge night who is like being chased by a group of purgers and they get mad because they say they're you know they're also they're rich kids like they you know they're doing this for shits and giggles the guy that they're chasing after is like a a homeless man and they you know they're like you you know we have the right to do this you're infringing upon our rights um, and basically they break into the house and it becomes a home invasion movie. And it ends with Lena Headey, everyone but Lena Headey and her kids dying, including yeah. their bitch neighbors. Yeah, and, uh, there's well, like some this, of the bitch like, neighbors. Yeah, there's like this minor twist where they think the neighbors are coming to help them from the, you know, like yuppie purgers, but actually the neighbors are taking advantage to try and kill the Hawk Heady family. They're like, cause like the rich <laughs> the neighbors are jealous that they're slightly more rich than them is what it. Yes. And to. that they got slightly more rich of the slightly more richer than them by, you know, selling them security systems. Yeah. Like they all like basically like my, you know, money paid for your mortgage essentially kind of deal. Yeah. Um, but I will say the ending scene not the ending scene, but towards the end where they're all sitting at the dining room table waiting for the clock to strike. And Lena Headey is like, we're, everyone's sitting at this fucking table and we're just doing this until seven. Like that entire sequence is really good. That is great because um, I love that moment when super bitch neighbor, she sees that there's only like a minute left of the purge and she tries to make a move against Lena Headey and Lena Headey just like sh- or smacks her across the face or whatever it is. <laughs> or maybe it's, the, maybe it's the... The, the homeless man who 
because he like sides with the family. Someone like smacks her head against the table, and like Lena Headey's just like, "We're not doing this. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is not happening." <laughs> Every time. <laughs> and then the clock strikes. The purge is over. She walks away with her kids, and they probably have to move after that. <laughs> I would imagine. So. But um, yeah. So basically, the premise of the purge is that. It lowers crime rates and stuff if you have this one night where you can do whatever the hell you want to get out all this, like, right angst and anger yes. and it was It was developed by... So, the, the mythology in the world of these movies, the America of these movies, is that in 2014, the government as we know it to exist is ousted and replaced by a new government, the new founding fathers. And because they feel that America has become so overwhelmed with crime and violence and everybody is just feeling so full of rage in the country that the best way to handle that is to set aside these 12 hours for the purge at once a year where everybody is just allowed to get all of that rage out. And in doing so, you know, the rest of the year, it'll be fine. And it'll be less, it'll be less violent, (laughs) less crime ridden. Which according to the mythology of this film, it is. it, It is. That's right. And the first movie, the first purge, is like eight years or so in. I think they say it's the eighth annual purge. So it's like 2022. Which is so weird because they all act like this is such a normal thing. And I was like, you all existed in a pre-purge time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even the kids. Yeah. Like, the kids are that old. Yeah. They're old enough to they're remember. They're teenagers. Yeah, they're teenagers. So they're old enough to remember a life before the purge. But The interesting yeah. thing about the purge is it is based on his, a historical... I don't even want to say event, but it, in Sparta, there was something called uh-huh. the Cryptia, where the higher class in Sparta were permitted for a certain period of time to basically kill the, the lower class without, being, yeah, without repercussions, which is kind of what this is, right? Like, because it's like the first movie is entirely we're looking at rich people and we see a bunch of group of rich kids chasing around this homeless person. And like, you get a taste for it and it's like, you see the possibility of what this concept can be and what this film can be if it wasn't just focused on this one family and these rich people being mad at these other rich people. Yeah. Like that, it's like, okay, like it was interesting, but it's like you lost me because you didn't go far enough. And they must have realized that too, because enter purge anarchy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so let's dive deep into the purge anarchy then. This will be the bulk of our conversation. Um, Let's take a listen to the trailer. Trailing. You can't go out there. You know how dangerous it is. This won't bring him back. It won't make you feel any better. Don't do this. It's late. You need to leave. Traffic is building rapidly downtown. As citizens rush to get home before commencement. If you're not purging, we advise you to get off the streets as quickly as possible. 
It'll soon be a war out there. broadcast system announcing the commencement of the annual purge at the siren all crime including murder will be legal for 12 hours all emergency services will be suspended your government thanks you for your participation what is this We keep moving, we're okay. People like us, we don't survive tonight. Oh my god, they're taking us. <laughs> this is the last purge of the evening. The bidding will start at 200,000. remember all the good the purge does so the purge anarchy was the 2014 sequel to 2013's the purge which <laughs> keep that is all in your head. it's all weird because then in the mythology the purge begins in 2014 yeah anyway and the purge it takes place a year later in 2023 um on once again the day of the purge which the purge happens on march 21st i think 21st or 22nd yeah. um March, March, Mar Mars, God of War. God of War. God of War. I'm surprised I said they didn't make it the Ides of March just for that extra little. Ooh. They missed the mark, you guys. Well, March 21st is the spring equinox. This is true. So there's that. If you want to read into that. <laughs> if you want to make that a thing, I don't. And in the Purge Anarchy, our focus shifts. Rather than being in upper-middle-class suburbia, now we're in an urban environment. We're in uh, the city. Um, and it's a big city. They don't say which it's, city. It looks like it's kind of meant to be, like, L.A. Yeah. Or something along those lines. Do they say? I don't, no, I don't they think don't they say. say. They I don't, don't think say. they say. Much like they didn't say where the, uh, the suburb is. Or maybe they do say it's L.A. You know what? It doesn't. It, I got the feeling that it was LA. I don't know that it super matters whether they whether they say. Point where is, it's a big city. <laughs> yeah, and it's an urban and environment. The purge anarchy is the rare and awesome horror sequel that is better than the first installment. Much like that conversation at the beginning of Scream Two yeah. in the film class. Film class, and it's. And it was a big surprise. I remember it being a big surprise at the time because a lot of people went into seeing Anarchy. It um, is in Los Angeles. Okay, yeah. 
I thought maybe they actually yeah. did say it was there. Cool, cool, cool. Um, uh, but a lot of people, like, kind of like how we were saying, like, the purge was fine. It was successful enough. And, you know, a lot of people liked the larger concept, not necessarily the sort of basic home invasion story. But more or less, people went into the purge energy with a lot of either negative to, like, apathetic baggage already going in. And then anarchy completely changed that because kind of like you were saying, Miss Mel, I think the creative team like really listened and took mm-hmm. the criticism of the first movie and then fixed it. Yeah. For this. Yeah. And they did what you're supposed to like how I would imagine you'd want a sequel to go, which is, you know, you expand upon the larger concept of the first one. Like it's one thing if you've got a planned trilogy or a planned series where things go in sequential order but I would hope that like you know any sort of sequel it's like okay like let's do what we didn't do the first time and then in after that let's do what we didn't do the first time which they've been doing like mm-hmm. with these purge movies they're like what did we not do in the last one that people were talking about okay let's do it like let's explore it and they do it well like they don't phone it in like no they they really were like with anarchy they were like okay like we saw that story. Obviously, our version of it wasn't the greatest. What is what is it that everyone else thinks about? Because it's like, okay, like, what is it? the people who went to go see this movie who drove in, you know, driving their used car that they, you know, can barely afford the car payment on? Or, mm-hmm. you know, the people who had to, like, borrow money from their parents to go see the movie? Or, you know, like, what are the regular people doing on The Purge? Yeah. And that's what this movie's about. Right, yeah, because, you know, it's all well and good to see Ethan Hawke and Lena Headey and co, like, fight off the baddies. But most of us probably would not be able to afford to live in such a spacious house with such a grand security system. So what would our purges be like? And Anarchy was the first taste of that. Um, And I think, yeah, you're right, it did give us what we wanted to see and what we wanted to see more of that's only hinted at in the first one. And that's that class warfare. Yeah. That's that. What's it like out on the streets where you don't have, you know, a modern day castle to hide behind. It's rich versus poor now in anarchy instead of rich versus rich in the original. So there's a couple different storylines that get presented in the beginning of the movie that become intertwined. Um, the not necessarily the first one but one of them is um this mother and i believe it's her daughter and her father her elderly father um their hispanic family or latino family um and they live in you know a, a somewhat run down apartment building in LA uh the mom's a waitress um the sanchezes Um, and you know, they hate the purge. They think it's garbage. Um, you know, and they barricade themselves in their apartment on purge night with like, they make their own like, you know, boards to put over the doors. Like it's interesting watching them just, you know, go through their preparation and they board up the windows and the doors and lock everything. And they just kind of spend. Oh yeah. And such a stark contrast to how we saw the Sandins protect their home, which is essentially sitting in a room, pressing a button 
yeah. and having, you know, metal bars mm-hmm. come over. Everything. Like, you want to watch a movie? Like, now these people, like, kind of shut the lights off. Like, they don't go full lockdown, but they're like, all right, we're going to be low-key and just stay inside. And, like, they, you can tell, like, they've never really had a problem because they live in an apartment complex. Nobody really cares about them all that much. They just kind of quietly sit in their house or their apartment on purge night. Um, then there's this couple, Shane and Liz, who... They're, I think, the first people we see, but basically they get trapped outside on purge night. Like, they're going to get groceries, and it's kind of, they were cutting it a little close because they're like, oh, we got, like, an hour to get back before purge night, and they get, like, a flat tire. Um, Yeah. And, like, while they were at the grocery store, they were getting eyed up by this group of, I want to say, I want to tell you they were a group of bikers, and by bikers, I mean they were on bikes that you pedal. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. cyclists. cyclists but that doesn't that doesn't have a very menacing ring to it <laughs> but they're they're it's the kind of the the guy who has become like the iconic purger the guy with the god mask um they were kind of eyeing them up and they follow them when their car breaks down um they're stuck outside after the alarm goes off on purge night and um like they get they get in trouble basically as they get starting to to chase the third story that is less of a story story and this guy they kind of meet is this dude who's kind of like the big muscly dude who's clearly got something going on right going underneath and i forget Some his name has been going on um uh leo. leo leo yeah he's the he's played by the guy who plays the big muscly guy in every movie you've ever seen uh yeah frank uh frank grillo yes Mm-hmm. That's the guy. End of Watch, he's, Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah. Um, he's also in prison. He was on Prison Break. Uh, he was in um, the show called The Gates that was about werewolves. That was not very good. Um, and he's in The Gray with Liam Neeson. He also plays a Marvel villain. Oh. He plays um, Brock Rumlow. Who's that? So he's just, he's in, he's not a big villain. Oh, okay. He's like a background. He's like a he's like a sidekick villain. Gotcha. Yeah. But Second. he's in that. He plays villains. He's a big villain guy. In this, he's he plays a really interesting character in this. But we'll get into that. He does. He's also the only one of our focal characters who is choosing to purge. Yeah, yeah. He's out night. he's out at night to purge and like the mystery of why is kind yes, of the indeed. hook of his character. Right. Um Because obviously we, the the morally conscious audience were like, oh, how could you? Except for me, who's figuring out how she can launder money from the bank. <laughs> because I can get away with it on the purge and thereafter. <laughs> the thing, they never acknowledge white collar crime that has no. repercussions past the, I mean, I understand murder does too, but like, Murder's like, okay. What about like things like stolen identity? Yeah, like murder's and- like once and done, like this is reoccurring like, Trauma. Maybe there's like a longer legal document that they just don't have time to put in the announcement. That's They're like, like, all you care about is if you can kill people. Let's like, be you real. can't do this, you can't do that. Like, the stock market has to stay intact. Like, all this stuff. Yeah, no, they do. Like, maybe like, there's like more of the that. Stock market? Like, what if I personally crash the stock market? <laughs> just for shits. Just for shits. That has repercussions in other countries. Can those countries ask for me to be extradited? Ooh. I don't, there's a lot. I'm telling you, the two-hour court drama, Purge 4. Mm-hmm. You would think that just, like, 
all the other 364 days of the year would be taken up in legal drama surrounding <laughs> what happened on the previous purge like, night. Lawyers must be making out with this. Unless someone kills their lawyers Unless because they got screwed. <laughs> Anywho. Anyway, so what happens with the Sanchez family is um, the grandfather, Rico, like slips into a limousine kind mm. of clandestinely um, and you don't see him for a while, but you're like, oh, what's grandpa up to on purge night? <laughs> but basically what ends up happening is that this, I believe it's the super, it's like some sort of authority figure in the apartment. This guy who's been kind of into Ava, the mom, and she's been like rebuffing him, decides purge night, he's going to like get revenge on the fact that she's like rejecting him and he breaks into their apartment. And that's how they kind of get pulled into the purge nonsense is this gross, lecherous landlord. Creep. Yeah. Breaks in and decides he's gonna, he's gonna get what's coming. Be nasty. And this is where things get, so things start to get interesting here because, um, Leo's character, I don't know why I said Leo's character, Frank Grillo's character known as Leo <laughs> is the one who I believe he's the one who saves them. But at the same time, well, they get, um, first they're saved by like this, like military yeah. looking troop of individuals, individuals. And they're like, Oh, okay. And you kind of think, Oh, okay it's kind of weird but like we're pretty sure that like you know authority figures and police and what have you are not operating right now and yeah they're not these guys are like decked out in like official gear but they're actually kidnapping the sanchez's to they're like a private i don't know well basically what happens outfit. is this is that they're, they're trying to kidnap them and then Leo is like yeah because basically it is they are an outfit who was hired essentially to like encourage purge activity it's twofold right because they show up at these rundown kind of like lower class apartments and they show up to just basically like murder people inside to like create a like in their minds you know it's like creating a balance in society like literally purging the the poorer class and then, you know, encouraging purge activities by participating in it themselves. And then at the same time you find out like later what it is that they were trying to kidnap them for, um, which ends up being, and we'll get into it more, I guess, but it's kind of like, I'll call it the entertainment version portion of the purge. Um, but Leo saves them. And they run into Shane and Liz, like, out on the street. I think, it, like, in an alleyway, there's, there's a car involved. Yeah. Because when Leo rescues the Sanchez's, mm -hmm. the couple, what are the characters' names? It's Liz and Shane. Liz and Shane, they hide in Leo's car. Yeah. And then so, like, they get, Leo comes back with, like, them, and they're like, hey, you have to protect us. And he's like, ba-da-ba-da-da. -da -da. And then they all, like, get to the car, and they find Shane and Liz there. And then people start shooting at them. So they're like, okay, just let's go. Yeah. 
And there's this, they basically end up in this tunnel and there's this great tunnel scene that's terrifying. That's a good scene. This group of purgers comes at them on like um, quad bikes. I know saying quad bike is ridiculous, but you know what I'm trying to say. Um, (laughs) In masks with like sparklers and torches and scary shit. And it's just coming at them ready to like do damage in this tunnel. And it's like, that's like the visual image. Like that's the other thing too, is this movie really nailed down like the visual imagery of the purge as like just kind of this Mad Max situation going on, like in your own backyard, like people in crazy masks and crazy face paint. It looks even crazier in the first purge, according to the trailers. Yeah, so that's another thing that this movie got was like the aesthetic of the purge of the purge. And it's all it also kind of establishes it even like so much more than yeah. the first one. Like, you know, the first one, the the purgers are the masks are sort of very generic. They're generic like and they're like ex, they're like uppity. accentuated creepy human features. Yeah, they're like these uppity you know? masks. Yeah, and you could find you would find them essentially in any home invasion movie. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. It, here, the the costumery and the maskery, as it were, of these purgers. Purging style. We understand is more <laughs> on theme for the larger world of the purge. Half of the purge is how you dress for the purge. Hell yeah. Yeah. And you know I would dress incredibly well for the purge. Obviously. And I'd be taking Instagram pictures and then I'd end up getting killed because of that. Hey, we had a purge drawer. We did. It had duct tape. It was the purge drawer because somehow duct tape, scissors, and a knife that was a, knife. a, u- a utility knife ended up in the same drawer. So it yeah. was our purge drawer. It was the purge drawer. Um, there was also a purge hiding spot. There was. It was in my my closet um, <laughs> in my bedroom. My bedroom in college didn't have windows, so I don't think you can technically, on a like schematic, call it a... A bedroom because I bedroom. think bedrooms have to have windows but it had no windows and I had a closet that had this like extra little crawl space hidden mm-hmm. in it so that was going to be my which is just like spot. the kid in the first movie his closet has the extra crawl space yeah so, like there were so many parallels we were like oh my god yeah I was living in a purge apartment it was pretty great it was not great it was really and it was, cold and it was probably circa 2014 yeah no because that was the year you and I went as purgers Mm-hmm. for Halloween because 2014 according to the mythology is when the purge first started it's when the purge first started we have those pictures somewhere on the internet we'll find well, them. those we we'll should tweet put those, those on yeah we'll tweet those out Twitter too. or Instagram or something we uh, ran into a group of like teeny bopper freshmen who like were really drunk and ran up to us they're like oh you know and doing their teeny bopper thing and then like we just weren't we were so in character like we, we had nothing to say to them we just didn't we stopped and like we let them you know like have their moment we didn't say anything they in took our pictures masks. with us yeah because they realized what we were they're like oh my yeah. god you're purgers and we just weren't saying anything and they were like can you get a picture with us and then we posed for pictures it was really great <laughs> It was a great that was, moment. That was and then we had to take them off to go to the bar. But safety first. Yeah, safety first. No masks, no masks in that situation. Just, which is fine. Yeah, we get it. No, I'm into it. Um, but yeah, so they're in the crazy tunnel scare scene chase. It, it's really great. Um, and they take off. Um, and they're, they're like being followed by these those troops. Too. Yeah. Like the troops are tracking them via like um, uh, 
street cameras, like on the, the intersection cameras and stuff, um, because they've seen too much, obviously. Right. Um, and they end up getting captured by the gang from the beginning. And this gang from the beginning sells them to an upper class group of individuals um, right. who basically auction off these people to like fight in a gladiatorial situation um, and people like bet on them. Which makes them like the worst kind of people because you like you can almost like okay so like the street gangs and stuff or whatever you almost like give them a little bit of respect because you're like okay you're at least putting your own self at risk to go and be a psycho but these rich fuckers are sitting sitting comfy and paying other people to they're not putting themselves at risk they're having other people do that bring people into them and then you know torturing hunting killing them for sport in the comfort of their you know, it's like laser tag coliseum here. to them. Like it's like watching. Yeah. Like they treat it like they're going to play laser tag, and a bunch of rich people are like, "Ooh, let's watch." And these people, like, you know, they give the rich people all the the guns, obviously, and then you know these poor people who are plucked off the street are just basically blindfolded and tossed into this arena and are hunted down and shot up. Um, and it's like, that's like the big twist in the movie, right? Is like these people are being chased and these guys from the beginning who, you know, were obviously bad news from the beginning and were like fixated on Shane and Liz have plucked them off the street on purge night and sold them to be basically, you know, game for yeah. these rich people. Um, and you're like, oh, yes, this is quite fucked up. This is what I wanted to see. The really yeah. fucked up stuff. The really fucked up stuff. And that's, that's really fucked up. Here's my cat. Um, <laughs> and it is. And it is really fucked up. Obviously, Leo crushes it in such a situation. Shane is not so lucky. Um, yeah, we lose Shane. We lose Shane uh, because an anti... There's like an anti-purge group attacks the rich people. And there's like a shootout. Shane ends up getting hit. Obviously, a bunch of the rich people end up dying. Um, everyone else gets out with Leo. Mm-hmm. Um, but the rich people are, like, fricked. Um, and Leo runs them to this suburban neighborhood. And it's doing. And this is where we find out what it is that happened to Leo that's got him so broody tough guy his broody tough guy backstory mm-hmm. and everybody goes oh leo mm-hmm. do you want um, to know? yeah so leo um lost his wife right and his child yeah or just his, his child i can't remember his wife and son I believe. he lost his wife and his son um in an accident and he wants to, and obviously this broke him as it would break I someone. I think it was just the son and the wife left him as a result. Of oh, the wife left him. Yeah. Because okay. he couldn't get over his grief or yeah. whatever. Okay, yeah. So he loses his son. The marriage deteriorates. What have you. Life is meaningless for Leo, essentially. 
he decides that he's using this purge night as an opportunity to kill the man um, who who hit his son. I think it was I think it was a car accident. It was. It was a drunk driver. Yeah. Um, and so that's why you know now we get the revelation here as we're working towards this personal climax. Why was he out? You know, he seems like such a good guy. He's saving these people. Da 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 da. Why was he out? on purge night. Well, this is why he wants to get revenge on the man. Um, he believes is responsible for the death of his son. And so that's why we're in this suburban neighborhood and he's still with, um, the Sanchez's and Liz and Liz. <laughs> is he with Liz? I think Liz went with or No, you know what? I think Liz decided she was going to stay. She, like, join the anti- yeah. She joins the, the anti purgers and is going to like go, fuck some shit up she's like i'm just i'm just gonna do this real quick <laughs> i'll meet you guys up later <laughs> and so um he tells them he tells the sanchez's why he's there they they're like don't do it don't do it but he breaks into the house anyway um he confronts the man who he's got a family of his own um and there's this uh, moment where it's, you know, it all comes to a head and this is the moment. Is he going to do it or not? Um, and then we cut and then we see Leo walking out of the house and he's covered in blood. And we're like, what happened in there? And then, uh, Leo gets shot. (laughs) Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's really, it's like seconds before the purge ends, he gets shot. Yes. Or is it seconds after? I can't remember. It's something it's ridiculous. It's seconds before. It's, yeah. like, it's like, it's while the, I think it's the like countdown. while the countdown. Yeah. yeah. For like the last 30, 20 seconds of the purge that yeah. are going on. Um, and he is, he's shot by the, um, the head, the, the guy from, um, before the guy who was like running this this sort of paramilitary yeah group um and he comes out and he does this like sort of half villain monologue thing where it's revealed that the whole purpose of this paramilitary these private secret groups um all is is that the reason that they exist is that the new founding fathers are uh upset that um people aren't killing enough there's there's not enough of a body count um apparently not as many people are participating in the purge as we have been led to believe and those that are participating are not killing um as many people from the lower end of the socioeconomic um scale as the new founding fathers would prefer um because a lot of people are using the purge to take out and harm those that they have personal grudges against. Yeah. Not random people, which is what the new founding fathers wanted. They just wanted you to find some dude on the street and beat him with a baseball. (laughs) Exactly. So these are secret death squads who their job is to increase the body count essentially. And so that we realize that we have been experiencing throughout the movie. Um, it should be noted too, Grandpa, the limousine he slipped in. Basically, he did it because this family paid him 
to oh, be right. a sacrifice, essentially. He went to some rich people's house and they like sacrificially all took a stab at him, but they paid him a crap ton of money to do it so she he could give that to his family is what happened to Grandpa. Yeah, which is another like very sickening, horrifying element we yeah. discover. It's like weird that the old people were like, oh yeah, we'll pay you for it. Like that's... Mm-hmm. I want to say that's nice, but it's terrible. <laughs> I think it eases their conscience. Yeah, they're like, oh, we've paid his family for... Right. Yeah. So, villain monologue over... The reveal has happened. Um, it's We're still counting down. We're in, like, the last moments of the purge. And the... Um, I don't know, this like leader general guy is about to kill Leo, like properly finish him off. And then the, uh, the man, the drunk driver who we assumed Leo had killed walks out of the house and he shoots, uh, the general guy in the head, uh, and saves Leo's. And then he says something to the effect of like, it's done or we're done or something like that. Like he has some kind of line just as the siren ends and the purge is over. And then like, there's this great shot of like this death gang, just like walking away, like, all right, purge is over. And they all just walk away. Like, you know, that's it. Yep. And then we start hearing, we slowly start hearing a bunch of sirens, actual sirens, not the purge sirens, you know, police, ambulance, fire trucks. They slowly start, you know, kicking in, kicking in across, um, across these suburbs and across the city. We start hearing the sound of helicopters, news, police. Um, and we, and we close out the film. Um, you can get, so give me, before we get into, so I want you to give me a little taste of purge election year. But before I do that, I will say that this movie purge anarchy ties directly into the plot of the first purge. And we'll explain that in a second, too. But give me a little taste of Purged Election Year. What can I expect? Yeah. <laughs> so Purge Election Year, which is the third film in the franchise, um, came out in 2016. And Apt. <laughs> yeah. I think they actually used Make America Great Again as part of their, um, um, their marketing campaign. I, there were two slogans. One was Keep America Great. Oh, yeah. Implying that the, Trump the, <laughs> the man who wants to make it again, but then we have to keep yeah. it that way. And then the other slogan was make America purge again. Yeah, I remember that one, make America purge again. Uh, the purge was not fucking around in 2016. <laughs> it was not. I mean, it was election year. It was in 2016. Um, of course, the film was released in July, which all of them, well, I can't remember if the first one was. I think they've all been released in July. Everyone since Anarchy, I know, has been released in July. I don't know about the first one. Yeah. Um, But, you know, and they obviously market things heavily around Independence Day. Um, But anyway, election year ups the ante even more. (laughs) I'm excited. And so the big premise, um, just the quick taste for you guys if you haven't seen it and for Miss Mel, is... um, we're, we're pretty deep into the purge now. They don't say how m- many years later it is, but like it's at least a good handful mm-hmm. um, after purge anarchy. And um, it's in the midst of an election. It's an, or it's an election year. There's about to be a primary. Oh, and it's not even like a... 
No, because remember the purge is in March. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that checks out. Um, and Elizabeth Mitchell from Lost. Yes. Um, yeah, she is playing this senator. Juliet. Yeah, Juliet from Lost. She is a senator, and her her whole platform, her campaign is about is that she wants to stop the purge, that the purge has to stop, that America is better than this, and she, that the purge is designed to single out those who already don't have power or the means to defend themselves or speak for themselves or stand up for themselves, what have you. And she, her movement and her campaign is gaining a lot of support. And Leo um, is in charge of her personal security. Oh. And uh, so Purge Night is coming. She is obviously a threat. She's campaigning for the presidency. I, that's redundant, but... Like I assumed, yeah. but anyway, so, <laughs> so Purge Night has come around, and she is a threat to obviously what the new founding fathers stand for because they want the purge to keep going as long as possible. So, um, they uh, encourage everybody, you know, find underhanded ways to encourage everybody from street gangs all the way up to these other paramilitary death squad forces from anarchy to find her and take her out during the purge. Um, Oh, because the, yeah, the big thing is that they revoke the, um, the political, uh, whatever stipulation that protected most people in the government and previous Mm -hmm. purge, take that away for this one so that she can purposefully be targeted. Um, and so it's, Leo's job to try and keep her alive. And, um, wild. yeah, and it's wild. And that's the premise of purge election year. And since Miss Mel hasn't seen it, I'm not going to say anything <laughs> more about it. But I will say that, um, I thought it was better than anarchy. Nice. Which I thought was better than the yeah, first one. They just better keep and better. better. <laughs> um, so the premise as we know it for the first purge is that it is obviously the first purge. Um, these dudes put together this sociological experiment that says we can get the crime rate below 1% if um, everyone has one night to do whatever the hell they want and they won't do it again the rest of the year. Like, it'll be fine. Um, but basically... Um, like, they they want to make sure enough people are being killed to, like, prove their point. So they enact these death groups the, from Purge Anarchy, the NF, NFFA is what they're called. And they basically, this is, like, the, this is, like, the creation of that group to basically say, like, to be, like, we, we have to kill enough people to prove the concept of this so we can do it again. So we can so make it, it a... Yeah, so it's basically, like, from what I can tell, we're going to see that The Purge was, like, fucked from the beginning. Um, Marissa Tomei is in it. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? Marissa Tomei is, is Why in Why did movie. I not know that or gather that from, like, the trailers or anything? I don't know who she plays. Okay. Um, but she... Well, she plays a doctor, but I don't know who that is. I assume it's the doctor who says, we should purge. <laughs> it probably is um so yeah but oh. basically they're trying it out like it's not um it's not something in this movie it's one city it looks like is given oh. the right to do this and they want to see if it will like catch in other places 
And unfortunately, we know that it does. Yeah. But it will be interesting because, yeah, even though they have expanded the mythology from installment to installment, there has always been that lingering question. How did this start? Yeah. Like, how did they, how were people convinced to let this happen? And now we're going to know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. Happy 4th of July. Um, Happy 4th of July. But yeah, these movies, it's, and it's, they knew exactly how to market them too, like with. Their marketing has been very good. Just the entire, like the, the like really in your face posters, the way that they like put them out on the 4th of July. Like these are very quintessential American films, unfortunately, because something like this wouldn't really work anywhere else. Like. I'm sure there have been dissertations written about these films, about, like, everything they say about capitalism and our society and yada yada, which I would love to read. If you have them, send them to me. Oh, yeah. Because I think the same thing. Like, that's like the, like, the Purge is just so fun and visually they're crazy to look at because they, they really nailed it in Purge Anarchy with the visuals of, like, just the the way people use like psychological warfare during the purge and stuff and it's not even just the purge of like oh i want to go out and knife somebody it's like i'm gonna paint my face and like you know and it's kind of even a like dark reflection of what we do do on fourth of july where people put you know like red white and blue face paint on and deck themselves out in like crazy clothes for that like it's like the dark reflection of that they definitely code it that way like think about how when when people have the sparklers yeah Right, you know, and and uh, well, they and use the, the torches and there's fireworks and what they use two for purge election near the imagery and that there was that killer guy who was dressed as Uncle Sam, Uncle Sam. with the mm-hmm. red, white, and blue machine gun, and there was the um, the uh, Statue, Statue of Liberty. Liberty with the X'd out eyes and stuff like yeah, you know, they really they really like they honed in on that and they really did well with like the like dark patriotism of um which is in our world today is really just patriotism um of uh you know this entire concept like it's wild i love these movies (laughs) yeah and they're 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 brave and they're bold and they're like we're gonna get political as fuck and we really don't care what anyone else has to say about that and they're Uh, like oh you're gonna make purge or Trump president? All right, well, then we're going to... Yeah. I mean, obviously not so much from with the first one, you know, as yeah. we talked about, but, like, they truly, I really <clears> feel <throat> like their team just took that criticism, and they're like, you're right, and now they've run with it, and they haven't stumbled yet. Like, they just keep getting better. Maybe it's because of the real-world material they have to work off of, you know? Yeah. But they're really nailing it. Um getting into everything with economic inequality and sociological bullshit that's going on. Um, yeah. yeah. No, these movies are wild and they're great. And I am so, that is how I'm spending my 4th of July is going <laughs> to see uh, the first purge. I will see election year before then I will watch it this weekend or before. I don't know. I've got a busy week. <laughs> no, I have a busy week too. <laughs> this is it's bumming me out um but yeah the purge guys an american tradition that was their as as it has become as 
as it has become, yeah. is what I want to say. That was a tagline for Purge Anarchy, an American tradition. Oh, Maybe I should dress as a purger for... Would that go over poorly? <laughs> <The> July. <laughs> uh, you know. I don't even have a party to go to, but like... I don't know. It could be fun. I, no, I I'd have to I find my purge don't. mask. Be hard-pressed to find one right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's also uh, a TV show that's going to happen. Ooh, I, I love The Purge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, just wanted to mention that real quick. I would love uh, to be like an extra in The Purge. Yeah, and I think it's going to be on USA. Do so, I get USA? We'll find out because my cable plan is really wild. I love that irony. That USA. <laughs> yeah, no, my cable, my basic package cable includes FS1, which is like the football sports network. And by football, I mean soccer. And uh. Telemundo. <laughs> but says that TBS is a premium channel. I just... How and why? TBS, a, 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 a channel that... It, its entire platform is reruns of shows from other networks that they've licensed onto their channel. Like, they have maybe two of their own shows. It just doesn't make sense. Like, the entire <laughs> platform of TBS is that it's reruns. <laughs> that's the point of TBS. Yeah, and like, so you can, and that's where you watch the Christmas Story Marathon every Christmas Eve. Not me. Well, dumb on you. Apparently, I'm um, going to have to upgrade. Yeah. You have to upgrade. So. The Purge Anarchy. And if you guys want to get in touch with us about all the, you know, political imagery and subtext and sociological, psychological. Send me your dissertation. Send them, because we're more than willing to do it. Yeah. And, I mean, we'll probably be texting each other on the 4th of July. (laughs) (laughs) When we're not planning to steal the Declaration of Independence on 4th of July, we're planning to purge. I wonder if you could do that as part of the purge. (laughs) Yeah, like, there's, like, little nuances. Like, every every couple of weeks or months or whatever, I just wake up one day and I was like, I wonder if that's uh, that'll fly on the purge. Like it's just so there's Could so you many ways. National monuments. Could you? There's so many you know? ways to break the law that I don't think they fully covered. Like, yeah. Well, but the creativity of millennials to be like, well, but, well, but, <laughs> but I guess that's interesting that even in the world, you know, right? Like, the encouragement is clearly towards violent crime yeah. and murder. And I feel like that's where they're going with these past couple movies you know, to, to release the rage and all that where they're like no the body count hasn't been high enough like people right. aren't committing the right crimes <laughs> so they have to kind of like force it along which also like as much as weirdly like sinister and creepy and like as uncomfortable as these movies can make you and like as much as you're like oh my god like we're so close to this becoming a reality yeah <laughs> there's there's a weird like line of hope throughout them when we do get these details and we learn that like not enough people are participating, you know, or not enough of people are dying or people from are 
that they want other to people. Yeah, that, yeah, that people are protecting other people, that there's been this resistance movement, you know, it's, it's kind Would of like... you to think that'd be me? Yeah. It's like, even in this very grim version of our country, there's still a large portion of people who refuse to give in. Yeah. Which, yeah, and again, that seems to be the issue with the first purge is that they're trying to, they're testing it out. It's not going the way they want, so they're trying to force it. How do they force it? Um, So, it's, I'm excited. I'm interested. I'm going to watch election year within the next, hopefully I will have seen (laughs) it by the time this episode goes up. I'm sure you will. That's the hope. It's so good. I'm excited. And I love me some Juliet from Lost. Yeah. She was great. She's good. I always like her when she pops up and things. I'm like, hey, girl. Hey, girl. How was your weird back in time death in that chasm that you fell in in season four? Remember that, though? (laughs) Spoilers, I guess. And everyone was like, Yeah, because she weirdly ended up with Sawyer. And you're like, I didn't see that coming. Right, because it was the whole, like, she was there, and we hated her, and then we were like, oh, no, we don't. She should be with Jack. And then we were like, oh, and then no, Jack she was obsessed with Sawyer. Kate. Yeah. They had that, like, love quadrangle. Yeah. Like, that, everything was wild. Anyway. Anyway. If you'd like to send us your dissertations, <laughs> <laughs> um, you can email us at splattertrotter669 at gmail.com. You can tweet us at splatterchatter666 minus all the vowels. If that is too difficult for you, just search splatterchatter. We are the first thing that pops up and probably the only thing. Uh, the Tumblr is splatterchatter.tumblr.com. Instagram is splatterchatter666. Craig's blog is splatterchatter666.blogspot.com. And Craig will tell you all the things you need to know about the Patreon. At patreon.com slash spatterchatter666, you can find out all the information you need to know about our show, uh, why we started it, what the show stands for, what we're hoping to accomplish, about our mission, about ourselves and our relationship to horror, some favorite books and movies, and our pitch to you as to why we would like uh, your monthly donations in order to help us keep up the creep. Some of that pitch includes being able to buy some more upgraded professional recording equipment. Some of that pitch includes us being able to provide content to you in on new platforms and on a more consistent, regular basis. Although I have to say we've been doing really well since we came back from our hiatus. Yes. We've been pretty consistent. And so that pitch also includes using your uh, funds to build this great horror community with you guys by eventually getting our butts to a horror convention, by helping us to go see new releases like the first purge so that we can review them for you guys on the show, on the blog. By being able to go to haunted attractions in October to tell you guys about them, to recommend them, to review them. Mm. Now, you can um, find all of that over there as well as um, find out what sort of perks we will offer you for your generous donations. Um, Various perks 
uh, depending on your level of pledging. Uh, you can either be a Jason for $1 a month, a Freddy for 5 or a Michael for 10 And depending on which of those iconic slashers you choose to be, you'll get a bunch of different rewards, including a subscription to The Howler, which is the official Splatter Chatter monthly newsletter. Or you could become, um, or you could have access to our horror Q&A perk. You give us a question. We will answer that question in depth at the top of the next episode. Or you could become a show programmer even, which would let you pick the topic that Miss Mel and I will cover for an entire episode. What has something you're dying to hear talked about? Something no one else is talking about? Something that you're really passionate about and you want to hear us discuss? Become a show programmer. Become a Michael subscriber. Let us know. We'll cover it. Yeah, we will. Yeah, we will. Now, that is going to wrap up episode 46 that is going to wrap up our purge discussion. Um, hopefully you guys are all primed to go see the first purge next Wednesday. We will certainly be doing the same. Uh, when we next see you guys, it will be drum roll, please. Friday the 13th, which means it will be time for another Friday the 13th special. Yes. I know we missed the last one. We have apologized, but we'll be making it up to you with a fantastically fabulous special next time. Will we be covering part three? Will we be covering part four? Will we be covering part three and part four? We're going to talk about it. Who's to say, but that is whence we will see you next. And until that Friday, the 13th, my lovely chatters, please purge safely. <laughs> Keep up the creep. Don't. And for now, we will say au revoir, adios, and das vidani.